Welcome to Gospel Tangents, the best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. I'm Rick Bennett. Elder Matthew Gill claims to have translated plates of an ancient people who built Stonehenge. Are they related to Book of Mormon peoples? We'll find out more in our next conversation with Matthew Gill. Check out our conversation. So, uh, so what can you tell us about the book? What's what's in the book? I mean, you said it's a history, but can you give us some more details on that? Like, so, yeah, sure. The 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 twenty four plates of Aranek, as they were called or are called, I should say, because they still exist. So there's there's no J. And there is this. This is a different person. So this is going to be hard. It's like learning the Book of Mormon for the first time. <laughs> the plates were written by a prophet called Jaranek. Okay. Jaronek was the last prophet of the people before they were destroyed, okay? So before he died, he completed the record, the history, the religious practices, and he gave his set of records to an angel to keep safe because he knew he was going to die. He didn't want these plates to fall into the wrong hands, right? So he gave them to an angel to come forward through his son when it was ready. So the first prophet of the book of Jaronek is a man called Aaronic. Okay. He came from the plains of Shinar, which is in the you know the Middle East. It's like Iraq, Babylon area. And the timeline of the Book of Jaronic spans roughly, give or take a hundred years, the timeline of the Jaredites. And we learn from the book of Jaronic that the Jaredites were known to the people of the book of Jaronic. And they traveled with each other for a short period of time. And the brother of Jared's people went one way and Aaronic's people went another way. Was this when they were in the ocean? The plates like under a dish thing? On land. On land. Okay. They never power of Babel. They didn't have their language confounded. So they were speaking. Okay. The first language of the book. So they they migrated from basically modern day Iraq to the British Isles. Yeah. So basically, the journey the the journey they take from uh, Iraq, modern day Iraq, is uh, north east. So they went through what today is known as the Caucasus Mountain region, which is in Russia. Yeah, southern part of Russia. So they'd be going through uh, like Georgia. Okay. Went through there and then up into up into southern Russia. Now, when they were into the southern Russian era, they split off into two peoples. So, the prophet Aaronic had a number of sons, and his eldest son was called Lionic. He rebelled and took two thousand people with him into Russia, and the other two sons, who were called to be prophets over the people, went west. And all the way right to France, to, to Brittany. And then they built ships from Brittany, sailed out into the Bay of Biscay, round the little nub of France, into the English Channel, and then made landfall in Southerny. And the Jaredites continued on to America? The Jaredites continued to America, yeah. So these were, these were the same... Ships like tied onto a dish? No. The ships that that Jaronex people built were more like more like Phoenician ships. 
they weren't they didn't need to be tight because they weren't going right. Well, I believe the Jaredites made an Atlantic crossing, not a Pacific crossing. So they weren't going out into the rough seas. I mean, they weren't going out into deep ocean. They were going into the Bay of Biscay and rounding up. I mean, if anyone knows that kind of geography, I mean, it, it is rough water, but it's not like the Atlantic Ocean. So they didn't need to be as tight as a dish. They were, certainly weren't going under the water at any point. So they just need to be big enough and tight enough to make that short voyage from the Karnak region in France to southern England. And that's the route they took. They went from, from, from Karnak and the ocean up to southern England, made the landfall, and went up the Avon tributary to what today is the Stonehenge Valley, and they settled there. And they eventually built a temple, which is the remains of what we see at Stonehenge, and they built lots of other things around about that area. And then eventually, this is cutting the story very short, but eventually they, they migrate north. They then, run into a, they then run into a brand new group of people who they didn't know of, and they joined together as one people. And then they moved further north into Scotland and they meet another group of people they didn't know about. And then they form. So by the end, they're all this one type group of people. The Book of Jaranek is a history of their dealings with God, their history, their society, their, their wars, their pieces, their politics. And then the template deal with, I mean, the templates only have only deal with the total religious side. I mean, prayers and ceremonies, how to baptize, how to marry, what age, uh, what age you're supposed to be married at, all kinds of what they, they, had, they had certain prayers that they would say. So they, the prayers are all listed in there. So, the book that we see today, which is which is this, which is the Chronicle of the Children of Aranek, okay. is who is the book of Jaranek. And the book of Ryanek, which we had in 2015. Oh, so we've got a new book. Yep, we've had a new book. We had it in 2015. It's been translated and it's in here. So everyone, everyone can read it. Don't worry about Okay, so you got a new edition. So let me make sure I understand that. So the Book of Jaranek, those were of the twenty-four plates, and then there were ten other plates. Yep. But those weren't translated in two thousand fifteen. No, 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 no. Those were translated. Yeah, everything that was in the box, the twenty-four plates, the ten plates, were all translated by December of two thousand and six. Okay, so, and then there was this big gap, and then in 2015, we were given another record. Oh, oh, so this is new. Okay. <laughs> yeah, brand new, brand new. I mean, like, really brand new. And then we obviously translated that and put the two books together into this. So in here, you've got the 24 plates, the 10 plates, and the new book we were given which is called which is called the book of Ryanek 
Ryanek. Yes, Jaranek's son. Is Jaranek's son? <laughs> I'm going to have to get a lot of spellings I can tell here. <laughs> Jaranek's son was told to flee the destruction of his people by Jaranek, his father, and to take a small number of people into the North countries where he knew they would be safe and wait for the appointed time when they would be told to come forth and make themselves known. Rayanek, whilst he was in hiding, trying to survive, wrote a record of his time trying to survive, trying to learn. And that's what we were given in 2015. So it's an ongoing work. It's not a closed work. There's still there's lots and lots of things to learn and to do. Okay, so so can you give us a thumbnail sketch of this new book of Rayanek? Okay. Is it R R A Y O Neck? R A Y N E C K. Rayneck. There's others. Okay. Rayneck, yeah, yeah. Probably the way I'm saying it. It's my British accent. I do apologize. No problem. <laughs> Basically, a brief thumbnail sketch of the book of Rayneck is that you learn from him what he was doing in that huge period where there wasn't civilization or the civilization he understood. And they're going from place to place to place to place, trying to find somewhere to settle, trying to find somewhere to be safe. This is in Scotland? This is in Northern England, so really mm, it is. Northern England. Yeah. Okay. So, and he learns who he is. Uh, he learns what he is. He, he, he begins to find himself, but starts understanding that he has a he has a job to do and a role to fulfil, and uh, he needs to learn how to fulfil that role as a prophet, as a seer, and as a leader. And then it culminates. It culminates with the boy child Christ visiting the UK and him teaching Rayanek's people and teaching to them and living with them for a small time. And that it, the, the basic end of the book of Rayanek is um, the visitation of the boy Christ. To... So, <laughs> okay. All right, now... Oh, I got so many questions. So new. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about this. Okay, so let's go back to the Book of Jaranek that covers roughly a hundred years. Is that what you said? The book, the book of Jaranek covers the same time period as the Jaredites, give or take fifty to hundred years, because we can't be the same time period. Okay, so, oh, I thought you said that was a hundred years, but that's more than a hundred years. Yeah, it's like over a thousand years, isn't it? But, oh, a thousand years. Yeah, because the Jaredite, the Jaredite, the Jaredite timeline's huge, and and the Book of Rayanek's timeline roughly coincides with the the Book of Ether timeline. Um, and I'll say give or take fifty to hundred years, because you know there weren't there weren't there, there wasn't in the in the text. Now it's two. You know, there was. Now it's twenty five hundred BC or whatever. So I mean, is that because I was trying to? I was doing some research on Stonehenge because apparently Stonehenge. Well, so this is a couple other questions. 
Because from what from what I can tell, Stonehenge was built around twenty five hundred to three thousand BC. It's it's older than the Egyptian pyramids, and so is that roughly the same timeline as? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is matter. Nobody. Know, well, firstly, Stonehenge isn't a building that has a start date and a complete date. It's always been added to or taken from. And so nobody really knows when the first stones were laid, Stonehenge. And nobody knows when the work really finished because the problem with Stonehenge is the more research the secular scientists do, the more they keep adding to the story, the more stones they keep adding or the more potholes they keep adding or taking away. So from a secular point of view, when somebody says to me, well, that's when Stonehenge was built, I, I, just, I just shrug and say, okay, if that's what you believe, that's fine. But as we as we really don't have on Stonehenge a chisel mark saying we erected this in this period, it's not like a Roman ruin where Romans put Roman numerals on stuff when they built roads. They put Roman numerals on the roads. You know when they were when they were built. Nobody nobody did that with Stonehenge. So the secular scientists could say it was built. You know, two thousand whatever two thousand BC. They can say whatever they like, but they can't prove anything. And I'm not saying that the Book of Jonah proves that, that, that Stonehenge is that old. All I'm saying is that the people in the Book of Jonah helped shape the framework of that landscape. And if you know anything about the landscape of Stonehenge, and luckily I do, there are myriads of buildings under the ground, small temple complexes, uh, houses, all kinds of stuff, bones, pig bones, beef bones, uh, people bones, which is another important thing to never talk about. I mean, it's full of people bones all over the landscape. And it's full of buildings. Well, it would be because if you get a large configuration of people in one area, they're going to start building and they're going to start eating and they're going to start fighting, which is what the landscape proves. We believe Stonehenge was a building. We believe that it had walls and a door. We don't believe it was just a round circle of stones by any stretch. So, because from my understanding, it's kind of a, a astrological calendar. And you're saying that's not, is that true? Not necessarily. I wouldn't count that out either. All I'm trying to say is, the problem with Stonehenge is it's so old, no one really knows what it is. No, no one knows whether it was a, a place of sacrifice, a place of harvest, a place where dead people went to, a place where living people frequented. Because we don't have a written record of the people that built Stonehenge. Until now. <laughs> well, we did. We did. Well, well, we do. We have a record of a people in that locality talking about building a temple of in that place at that at this at that time and building buildings feasting and, and living their lives and the whole Stonehenge area is littered with light, littered with light, littered. Which would make sense to me. It makes sense to me, but it, I mean it's a very it's a very British thing. I mean, but the only, the only, the only 
I mean, well, you could make the argument that the Book of Mormon is a very American thing, couldn't you? I believe it's important for us because we have, for the first time, context about a group of people who lived here in Britain anciently, and they wrote down their life, their story, their religious practices. And I've always maintained, I am not saying that the Book of Jeremiah took place in isolation. I'm saying that it's a record of a group of people and that the British Isles was, we know this anyway, British Isles was filled with people coming and going, living and leaving. And the record bears that out anyway. I know it to be true. And that's all I can say. I know the book of Jeremiah is true. It answers all my questions about my country, so. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Elder Matthew Gill. In our next conversation, we're going to talk about religious practices of people who predate Judaism. Were they Christians? Not, they're not, they won't be Jewish. Uh, they won't be Jewish and they won't be Christian. I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? Because... Thanks for listening to Gospel Tangents. If you'd like to hear the entire interview uncut, please subscribe at patreon.com slash gospeltangents. You can hear the entire interviews there. Also, check out our new, improved, uh, user-friendly website at gospeltangents.com. We've made it much more user-friendly, so check that out. Click here to subscribe, here for a transcript, and over here we've got more of our great videos. Thanks again.